Hello, my friends. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. You are not going to believe it, Biff and Mabel. They're in a little scuffle. They're trying to work through a marriage decision, and they have asked for my help. I know many of you love Biff and Mabel. Some of you have said Biff and Mabel is you. That may or may not be true. You decide. But they are my fictional characters that I use to work through real-life issues. Well, the issue that I want to work through with you today is a real-life issue. It is a true story. Someone came to me and they asked if I would give my input on a marriage dilemma, a little dispute that's going on. I gave my input. I said, I asked, would it be okay if I develop this into a Life Over Coffee podcast and I flatten it out, protect the innocent and the guilty? Of course, they were humble and gracious. Please go right ahead. And so it is flattened out. The story is true. The input that I gave is actual. Uh, but the names have been changed. This is episode 274. The title of the podcast is Common Sense Tips for Solving Marriage Problems. I use Bill and Mabel because they do speak to our lives. And whether you are married or not, you have been in that place where you have differed with another individual. And so what I want you to do in this podcast is I want you to substitute the actual problem that Bill and Mabel are having right now, you substitute that. You replace it. Insert your problem. And the things that I'm going to share with you, you will find applicable to your relationship that you are in, the differences that y'all are working through, and some of the decisions that you have to make. Let me set this up for you so you can get an idea of what's happening with Bill and Mabel now. And then we will roll right into the podcast. Again, episode 274, Common Sense Tips for Solving Marriage Disputes. And you could change that to Solving Relational Disputes for those of you who aren't married. Biff and Mabel are in conflict again. The subject matter this time is Biff wants to buy Mabel a car. How kind of Biff. How generous. How loving. Mabel doesn't want a car. One of the most typical disputes between couples is when one partner wants to do something and the other one does not. And so in this episode, I am going to take this common life example. This is a real a real counseling situation buying a car, and I want to clarify how to work through decision making. So again, all you have to do is replace your decision with buying a car, and uh, you can apply these things to your life. If you want to talk to me or our team about something that you are going through, please, all you have to do is jump on our community forum and ask that question. We would love to chat with you. We are a dialogue ministry. We're trying to help people the best that we know how. One of the ways that we're trying to help people is by just setting up the buffet, by just setting up all of our resources to where people can come. Uh, we have found that in the long run, there are a lot of people who serve themselves, and so they can come and, and they can read our articles, listen to our podcasts, watch our videos, and they can really just help themselves without our 
input in such a real-time way. They're receiving our input, they're receiving our care, but not in a direct way. They're doing it by accessing our resources, and so that's why we wanted to put all of our resources out into public domain because it will allow us to help more people more quickly, and we don't have to give that hands-on input to them, again, because they can feed themselves. But then there are others like me where I just need to talk to somebody from time to time, and so we have that too. And that's why that our fall campaign this year that we're asking God to bring in $50,000 so that we can hire one more team member, so that we can add additional video equipment, so that we can build out our landing pages, our web development processes, so that we can get all these things ready to give them away. We've already moved some things out, but we have a whole lot more. There's so much going on behind the scenes of our ministry. It is super encouraging. This is this is some of the best times in our entire ministry, and I'm quite excited about it. And I do appreciate your enthusiasm. I also appreciate your generosity to help us during this season. Uh, there have been specific folks who have given to our fall campaign, and I want to acknowledge them now. Alexandra, Brian, Bruce, Cynthia, Deborah, Diane, Holly, Jim, Josh, Kylie, M, I'm not sure who M is, Mike, Richard, Stacy, and Tina. Thank you all for donating to our ministry and helping us in our effort to raise this money so that we can continue to do what we do, do it better, reach more people for the cause of Christ. Episode 274, I have eight points that I want to make in this decision-making scenario that I'm presenting to you. All of them are important, but point number one, you really have to nail this one, so let me get right at it. When in doubt, don't. Now, Biff and Mabel, Mabel doesn't want the car. Biff was confident of buying this car for Mabel, but then when he presented this option, this opportunity to Mabel. She said, no, I, I, I don't want it. I don't think that we should have it. And so the formerly confident Biff is now in doubt. Now, the reason that he is in doubt, I mean, he's still confident that he should buy it, but Biff is not a single person. He is married, which makes him one flesh, husband and wife. And so if part of your flesh is doubting as to whether to buy this car or not, that is a problem. And so you have to pump the brakes on the car because in this case, your wife doesn't want to do it. Now, I am not suggesting that Biff has to consent to his unsure partner, to Mabel. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying, because part of his flesh is saying no to this opportunity or possibility, they need to give more time to deliberation, due diligence, maybe get possible outside input to settle the conflict. The goal is for both partners to move forward in faith. 
And this is what Paul was teaching us in Romans 14, 23. This is why I made this the number one point, because it doesn't matter what the decision is in your life, big or small. And I realize the small decisions, we can just blow through them, and we really don't have to get so hung up over them. But then there are bigger decisions, weightier decisions, where we do need to pump the brakes, and we need need to give careful consideration, especially to what Paul is saying in 1423. Let me lay it out for you. It's just two short sentences. He says, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats. Now, what Paul is talking about here is a a Jewish individual who becomes a Christian. And in his former manner of life, he had been trained all of his life that if you eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols, well, that is bad. That is sin. That is wrong. And so now he becomes a Christian where he realizes or he's being told that he has liberty to eat meat. It's really not a problem, biblically speaking, but he's just not in faith to do it. Even though the Bible frees him to do it, his conscience does not. And Paul phrases it this way, whoever doubts this Christian, formerly Jewish, of, of Jewish religion, He is doubting, and Paul says, whoever doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. The big idea here is that every step we take, we step by faith. We live by faith. We move forward by faith. And what that means is we believe as a synonym to faith. I believe that I can do this. In this case, I believe that I can eat meat. Well, if you believe that you can eat meat, sacrifice the idols, then go for it because you're doing it by faith. The second sentence in 1423 says this, For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. The common way of saying that, when in doubt, don't. Now, as I was saying, Biff was not in doubt. He was very confident that that he should buy this car, and it was the right thing to do. Now, I do appreciate his humility that he would actually bring it up. You don't want to be married to that guy that comes home with a, a 20000 or forty or $80,000 vehicle, and then he says, honey, I, I bought a car. You don't want to be married to that guy. So at least he brought it up to Mabel and said, hey, I want to buy this. What do you think? Well, now Mabel, well, she's in doubt. And because they are one flesh, The marriage is in doubt. Therefore, Biff cannot move forward, at least not at this moment. Now, again, he it it might be that he should not consent to her, but without question, they need to spend time talking about it. They may need to get that outside input. Now, the goal for them, and I want you to listen carefully here, The goal for both partners is to move forward by faith, but some people will think that, well, their faith should be equal. They should uh, be—Mabel is in faith to do this, just as in faith as Biff is. You know, that rarely happens. I mean— When you have big decisions like this, one spouse can be a little farther ahead, as in more in faith, and the other one is not quite there, but they're okay with it. And so you're not going to have perfect faith in most of the big decisions that you make, 
whether it's you making the decision alone or if it's a couple making a decision. I've used the illustration before when I was when uh, Lucia and I, our wedding day, I was in faith before the wedding day. I asked her to marry me. We went through the process of, of getting married and receiving marriage counseling and planning and all of that. I was in faith to do that. But on the marriage day, I was like, do I really want to do this? I was kind of wavering in my faith. And that's the way big decisions can be to where some people like they have this notion that you have to be 100% in faith, pure, unbiased faith that you have for this decision. I don't know. I'm not like that. That's not how big decisions work for me. And similarly in a marriage that the husband and wife might not have the equal amount of faith, but what you're looking for are two things. Number one, are they okay with the decision, meaning one may be more okay than the other, but they both are okay with it. And then more importantly, or just as important, the second thing, are they okay with each other? You see, sometimes they'll make a decision, and maybe one spouse will just acquiesce and and just give up, just throw in the the white towel. Maybe... um, one spouse is just so persuasive or domineering or whatever it is, and the spouse just gives up and says, yeah, okay, I'm in faith to do it, but they are not okay with each other one week later, one month later, one year later, and you'll know that when they throw it in the other person's face. And so though their faith will not be perfect faith necessarily or equal faith to move forward, they both have to be okay with it, And they have to be okay with each other. Point number one. Number two, phone a friend. I've already mentioned this, but I want to give it its own category because I want to explore this idea of talking to a third person with more detail than what I've I've said already. It would be appropriate to ask a third person, like a pastor, someone that you have confidence in. Biff came to me and asked me what I thought about it, and I shared exactly what I'm sharing with you here with his permission to make this into an episode. But there's another aspect of this that I want to tease out, especially when husbands and wives are making decisions. And I want to talk about the the other family members, if there are children, and if the children are teenagers or above, you could ask the children their perspective on this to help break the gridlock, to help them to do the appropriate due diligence. But if there has been historical divisiveness in the family where, let's say, some of the children like Biff better than Mabel or some of the children like Mabel better than Biff— And now Biff and Mabel have a tension with each other, and they ask a already divided family, children, about their input. Well, what that will probably do is just divide the family further, and I would not recommend that. You don't want family input if there is a pre-existing condition of divisiveness already in the family. It could hurt feelings. It could stir up these past issues and relational conflict. Therefore, when I say ask someone, it could be the entire family if the family is unified. But if it's not, 
I'd go find somebody who is a little more impartial. And so point number one in making a decision when in doubt, don't, and work through that as I have outlined. Point number two, phone a friend, a pastor, possibly family members, depending with the caveats I have given. Point number three, the presenting reason. And so when someone comes and they have a decision that they are trying to push forward, in this case, Biff wants to buy a car for Mabel, they're going to give you the reason that they want to buy the car. Now, this is a presenting reason. I'm not saying it's not a legitimate reason, but you always look underneath the surface. You always have to ask more questions. And so when Biff said that he wanted to buy a car for Mabel, his presenting reason was, I want to do this for Mabel's safety. Now, when I heard that, or in this case, when I read that, I did not, I did not know what being safe meant. I mean, there's so many different ways you could go with that. Is Biff talking about collisions? Uh, is he talking about breakdowns? Like the current car is just it's just a beater, and we really do need to upgrade. Uh, is Mabel like kind of reckless? Is she, <laughs> she don't she doesn't drive well, and there's potential for collision. So I want her in a safer car. Would the current vehicle accommodate those concerns? Or maybe. If the car did break down, do they live in a generally unsafe area? Do you live in one of those places where you absolutely don't want to don't want to break down? I remember on one of our travels we were traveling across Nevada. It was desert. That's all I can say. I don't know where I, I don't know where we were, but it was desert. And as far as you could see was desert. And we had no cell service. And I thought, dear God, I, I mean, literally, I, I asked God, please don't let us break down because there is nobody out here but us and the rattlesnakes. And Nevada, in some places, can look like that. But is Mabel living in an unsafe area? Does Mabel pack? Meaning, does she carry a gun? And so the safety issue is vague on its face. I'm not discounting it. I'm not saying that it's an, an illegitimate concern, but if someone came to you, like in this case, and they say, hey, I want to buy my wife a car for safety issues, okay, I accept that. Let me ask you a few questions. One, what do you mean? And then two, let's get underneath this. The big idea is that you want to explore all the reasons given for the purchase to make sure those concerns are legitimate. Sometimes it's more information or it's more understanding that could break the gridlock when two parties are on different sides of a decision. And so what are the pertinent questions to what you want to do, Biff? I mean, I mean, what are the pertinent questions you want to ask Biff to what he wants to do? Now, of course, if either party is unwilling to explore the concerns and the questions, then, of course, there is a definitely a deeper marriage problem. You know, sometimes people, they ask the wrong people, for what they want to do. If you want to do something, and if you're in faith to do it, that means you're stepping into that decision. You're moving forward with your hands open, and you have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing to protect. You have nothing to hide. It's like, 
I want to do this, and you can share that boldly and plainly because there is there is no fear. You're in faith to do it. Therefore, if somebody challenges you, somebody asks you more questions and and you get angry or you don't want to talk about it, then there is something wrong there in your decision-making processes. And so number three, the presenting reason, safety. I want to get under that. I'm not discounting it. I want to get under it and explore just a little bit more. Number four, heart attitude. And what I mean by this is I want to investigate what is the state of Biff's heart currently. What is his attitude like as he makes his case for purchasing the vehicle? It's kind of what I was saying earlier. Is he coming to you with his hands open, not tight fist clenched on a decision that he's not going to let go of, but he's holding this car loosely and just reaching it out to you and say, hey, would you look at this car? What do you think about this car? I want to buy it for Mabel. And so what is his attitude? And when he talks about Mabel, talks to you about Mabel, how does he talk? Now, do similarly for Mabel. Is Mabel reasonable? Is Mabel listening? Is Mabel willing to understand Bill's position? Is Mabel willing to like embrace this idea of safety and explore it and maybe get underneath to a few other questions that, that may come to her mind? Is she open to buy a car? Is Biff open to not buying a car? We're asking attitudinal questions here. And so it's not so much about the right and wrong of a car. I'm not talking about that at all right now. I'm talking about their attitudes. If there is friction, you see, two friends working through a matter is much different than two folks who do not have affection for each other, and they are not for each other. Now, maybe you've been in this situation before. I have many times. You're out to dinner with a couple, you're in a small group with a couple, or you just walk into a conversation with a couple at your church building, and you realize there's something going on between them, and it's not an episode. It's actually a pattern. This is how they communicate with each other. Well, that's the attitude that you're looking for. In this case, I don't care about the car. Don't care whether it gets one or not. What I want to see is their attitude. Now, that's number four, heart attitude. Number five, heat revelations. I want to take this just a little bit deeper. One of the more vital things I would look at is comparing the purchase problem, the behavioral problem, external car problem to buy or not to buy. I would want to compare that with the effect on the partners, on Biff and Mabel. I talk about this often in counseling, that that heat reveals when the heat of the sun comes bearing down on, let's say, mud, it's going to harden it. If the heat bears down on snow, it's going to melt it. The car or the purchase opportunity to buy or not to buy is the heat. Okay, I talked about their attitude as they interact with each other, but What kind of impact is it having on them? If you want to gauge a person's heart, or if you want to gauge their marriage, all you need to do is to bring some heat into their lives. And so as you're looking at their attitudes, how they're interacting with each other, talking to each other, or about each other, you also want to make sure you understand that, oh, this is the heat 
the vehicle is the heat, and it's really drawing out some stuff. And so the question is, what is the vehicle, the heat, revealing about the individual and what does it reveal about the couple? And so it will reveal something unique about Biff and something unique about Mabel and something unique about their covenant relationship. And so how do Biff and Mabel need to change to make their relationship better regardless of the car decision? And so I would want to use the potential car purchase to highlight the greater need If there is one, I am not saying that Biff and Mabel have any marriage issues. Maybe they are just moving along swimmingly, and they could not be any deeper in love with each other. And you would know that by how they talk to each other and about each other. And then when you bring this heat into their marriage, well, you will definitely know. So maybe they're getting along great, and there's nothing there. If there is something that needs addressing, you have more significant issues than the presenting problem of buying an automobile. Number five, heat revelations. Number six of my eight points is my reputation. Is there a reputation issue in play here where Biff wants a newer car, a a better car? More specifically, I'm speaking of the fear of man factor, insecurity, Are there other reasons besides the safety concern? You know, it's like the teenager who does not want to drive the family van. Mama, please don't let me drive that van. What would other people think? Now, ladies, I know that y'all have this problem with how you dress and the shoes you wear and the makeup and all of that silly stuff. Well, guess what? We men can be just as silly, whether it's a gun we have on our side, whether it's the technology we carry, the house we live in, or the car we drive. We all struggle with reputation, meaning how people perceive us, whether we're the teenager in mom's van or Biff wanting a newer car. Now, again, I'm not assigning ill motive to him. I'm just saying that as a counselor, as a friend, as a disciple maker, you have to have the courage and you have to have the breadth of knowledge to do the do the expansive work of examining all the potential issues or you will not be able to help them. Unfortunately, too often, somebody like Biff and Mabel would, would go to a friend and say, we want to buy the car, Uh, And Mabel doesn't want it, and the person just hangs out on the surface of the presenting problem, and they don't get inside of these heart attitudes, as I was talking about, or how heat reveals, or this reputation issue. And so number six, my reputation. Is there a reputation in play here? I remember when Lucia and I first started dating, she had a Ford Festiva, which is a glorified golf cart. And so if you think about a golf cart with doors on it, that was her Festiva. Now, admittedly, I had to work through some reputational issues as I as we started dating and then marriage, and I had to drive that little glorified golf cart. And, you know, when I pull up beside the guy in the Mercedes Benz or the Beamer or the big F whatever 250 whatever pickup truck 
and I'm in my power car, my Festiva, there's an issue. It's an opportunity to grow in Christ. I have two more points here. One is financial considerations. Now, that's just getting into the granular level of what's going here on here. I would want to know about their debt, their savings, their future retirement. I want to know about their financial uh, stewardship. How does the purchase of a depreciable item fit into their short, long-term financial strategies and goals for the couple? What are their financial strategies? How are they reducing debt? Do they have debt? If they do, what's the plan to reduce it? I was counseling a couple many years ago, many years ago, who came in, they had marriage problems, financial problems, and we went at it from the financial side of things, and they gave me a list of income outgo, and one of them was a $100 ESPN bill, ESPN cable bill. And when it came down to it, sports was more important than reducing debt. Not assigning this to Bill here, but you do want to get into these financial considerations. Are they aggressively saving money? And then number eight, what are some other options? I mean, for example, the current vehicle's annual maintenance costs, not including normal wear and tear, oil change, tires, and that type of thing. Would it be cheaper to have this car, the the original older car, versus a newer one and making those 12 car payments a, a year? Would it be less expensive to keep is what I'm asking. Or what about if you just made payments to yourself? Say, okay, uh, Mabel is okay with getting the new car after you can pay cash for it, and you're reducing your debt, you're debt-free, and you can actually do this. And so you make car payments to yourself until and put it in the bank until you have enough money to pay cash for it and then get it. Again, I'm just number eight, exploring other options because you want to be expansive in your deliberation as you interact with this couple. This is episode 274. The title of it is Common Sense Tips for Solving Marriage Disputes. You take out this problem, buying a car, you insert your problem, use these tips and ideas. I have two videos here. I have a mind map as well. There are some embedded links for you to look at also. And then we're here. We want to dialogue with you. And so you bring your problem to us. We'll give you advice as best we can. If you want me to work up something for Life Over Coffee, suggest that. Maybe I can do that. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.